Again, welcome to Kalos Church. We love that you chose to be with us on this Sunday morning. Pastor Amrith and I, we're going to be take team preaching. Yes. And so we're really... Pumped. And I never get to be tall. Okay, so I'm like in love with this setup right now because I like so... But it's a little high, so hopefully you can still like... But now you know what my life is like, okay? I'm always looking up. <laughs> That's right. Here's looking up. So uh, we are concluding our series, Bad at Love, all about relationships. How many of you guys have been challenged and blessed in this relationship series? I feel like God's been doing great things. And so the series is named after that Halsey song, Bad at Love. Um, how many of you guys would like Pastor Maritha to sing the chorus? Just as a reminder. You, all right, how's that go? How's that go? Okay, sing it with me, people, okay? Good job, good job, people. I actually don't know any more of it, is it? You know, mama, I don't know the lyrics either. Uh, so we are in this series all about relationships. This is the last one. And uh, next week, we're starting a brand new series called Intentional Acts of Kindness, where we're going to challenge all of us to show the love of God in tangible ways to our community. And so for those of us who are inclined to do good works or make a difference in people's lives and, and do that kind of stuff, you like to work with your hands, you like to make people's world a little bit better, uh, that series is going to be for you. And I believe we're going we're gonna to make a huge difference in our community. We're going to start something great. And Intentional Acts of Kindness starts next week. So good. And so today we're starting or we're, we're, we're concluding the series with a message called There's a Reason You're Single. <laughs> There's a reason you're single, Carlin. <laughs> and so really excited about this. You know, we've been in a relationship series, and uh, where are my single people at? Don't, don't be shy. All right, come on. Single people, sometimes every February in church, it seems like there's a relationship series, and we're talking about love and romance and how to live as a couple, as people of God. But then singles were like, what about me? <laughs> what about me? What, is there a message? I, like, I love that. I believe that's an important message, but wouldn't it be nice to just have a message that has to do with the single life? And so we wanted to do that because believe it or not, we weren't born married. <laughs> we used to be single. And I know you're probably thinking, aren't you brown? Don't you guys do arranged marriages, you Indians? Well, that is racist. That is racist. This was a love marriage. <laughs> uh, That's what he thinks. I do think that. <laughs> Uh, so it can, it can be hard to be single in church, but we're going to talk about this. Uh, we believe that whether you're dating, engaged, marriage, this message will apply for all of us because we're going to dig into God's word. But this will be pointed especially at singles. It can be hard to be single. Uh, you know, I remember when I was single in college, I used to really struggle with it. And we all deal with it in our own ways. The way I dealt with it my freshman year was I bought a priest collar told all of my new friends at college that I was celibate, I would never get married, and I started a group of 20 guys called Bachelor Till the Rapture. So that's how I dealt with it. And as the years went on and on, uh, my guy friends would say, hey, I'm gonna leave your group, I can't. We're like, no! 
We actually created a Facebook group back in 2007 with a picture of this Christian singer named Carmen who said he was celibate until he got married. And uh, uh, slowly, all these guys started leaving our group. And so that's kind of how I dealt with my singleness. Uh, some of you guys may deal with it in different ways. Uh, some pictures, I think, that can help us really understand what it's like to be single. Uh, the only dates I get are updates. Anybody like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is, uh, you know, just at the amusement park. Oh, all so alone. sad. Who, who, who's oh, been man. in this situation before? If this is striking a chord with you, just raise your hand. This is a safe place. Everybody say with me, this is a safe place. The this safe, safe place. place. All right, all okay. right, next one. All your friends are hugging each other, but you're like, I love nature. I love trees. All right, come on. This is a safe place. All right, this guy, he didn't want to get on Tinder or anything like that. I want a girlfriend really bad to come to see me. Please call, please, girls. Single and not loving it. He put, he put an ad in the newspaper. He wasn't ready for Bumble or Tinder or anything like that. Newspaper. All right, next one. Uh, and so this might be helpful for some of our singles. Just a practical tool. Microwave for one. You know when you're microwaving food and you're like, ah, oh, there's too much food. This cookbook is for you, microwave for one, just enough for yourself. So, <laughs> you know, uh, we all deal with singleness differently, but we want to talk about a biblical view on what it means to be uh, single, because singleness really throughout the world is a rising demographic. In our generation, people on average are getting married seven years later than they did even 20 years ago. In certain nations like Japan, they're selling more adult diapers than baby diapers now because people aren't getting married, having babies as much as they used to. Uh, in South Korea, they actually made a declaration that our, our country will cease to exist as a country and an ethnicity by this time and date because people are not getting married and having babies. So singleness is a rising demographic, and we believe that this is something that needs to be addressed in the church, not from a point of shame, but I think there's something beautiful about being single, something powerful, something that's even, dare I say, an advantage. And so we really want this message to be an empowering message for all of us who are single and proud of it, amen? And so we want to dive into 1 Corinthians 7, and we'll read the scripture that says this. It says in 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 8, I wish that all of you were as I am. But each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. The gift of being married or the gift of being single. Paul the Apostle is talking about. Now to the unmarried, in verse 8, it says, And to the widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And this isn't just Paul the Apostle talking. Actually, Jesus says in Matthew 19, 10 through 12, the disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. And so that's why we've titled this message, There is a Reason You're Single. We believe that God has a purpose for you, that there's an advantage to be single, and there's a gift, not just for us, but for the world that we can take advantage. Let's pray real quick. Dear Father, thank you for your scriptures. I pray that we would not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, you know, before we moved to Washington, Pastor Friedman and I were uh, pastoring young adults in a young adult ministry at a church in 
in Michigan. In Michigan, and um, I remember just uh, just spending time with my friends that are young adults, and um, there were girls that would come to my house and just really share with me their longing to be married and to have a boyfriend or to be in a relationship. And I remember this one time we were sitting in my kitchen at our house in Michigan. <clears throat> And this girl who was about 20 years old, and in that area, so many, in kind of small town, rural Michigan, you know, uh, in her area, all of her friends, many of them found their high school sweethearts and got married at a young age. And so she just sort of like was freaking out. And she just said, Amrita, I, what am I gonna do? And, and she's in tears about this. What am I gonna do? I, I don't have even a boyfriend, let alone how am I gonna be married by, and she had this kind of like plan that she was gonna do. And so I uh, responded and I thought that my response was going to be comforting to her. And so I just said, hey, you know what? Man, I'm so sorry that, that it feels so kind of dark and heavy in this. Um, but I just want to tell you, you know what? I didn't get married till I was 30. And in my 20s, I traveled and I ran around and I had good friends and I just did some cool things that you can't do oftentimes when you're married necessarily when you start having kids. And I'm not kidding you, she cried harder. She literally was like, I don't wanna be like you and get married when I'm 30 years old. I mean, she like literally, it was like the worst thing that I could tell this girl. And I felt so bad and I literally was like, where do I go from here? I just don't really know what to do. And, uh, you know, I think like this friend of mine and like many of us, at times we have fallen, fallen into faulty uh, thinking patterns and kind of some toxic ways that we experience and think about being single. For instance, I think sometimes we think that something is wrong with us. Ever been there? You're like, like <laughs> I know of like girlfriends who are like, I do not know how she got married before me. I don't know how she, you know, like something must be terribly wrong with me, you know, like that's kind of mean, one. And two, it's not true. It's not true. Uh, so we think sometimes something's wrong with us or sometimes we put our lives on hold, you know, and it's hard. It's hard to go out to dinner by yourself or, you know, you got to fly across the country and go experience the world by yourself. You're like, I want to I wanna do that when I'm with someone, when I'm with someone. Or sometimes we think that marriage will solve our issues and we're like, I've got some issues in my life that I know when I'm with someone, I won't struggle with that as much because being married or having a companion will solve that problem. Or we think that we won't be lonely anymore if we get married or if we have someone in our lives. And I'm just going to say this, like there's a lot of people in lonely marriages. And so we think that it's gonna solve our problems. I think we have to acknowledge that we've got some faulty thinking. And I just wanna say this, I was really praying about this at the end of this, kind of as we were leading up to Sunday. And, and I want you to ask yourself, um, are you insecure? You feeling just insecure? Are you acting out of insecurity because you, you're not seeing that there's a reason for your singleness? Maybe you've been married and you're recently divorced. You've been divorced for a long time or you've been married again and divorced or maybe you have never been married, but are you struggling with insecurity? Are you believing some lines? Are you lies? Are you acting out? Because honestly, insecurity is sort of ruling your life. And these, these faulty thinking patterns are, are really getting to you and messing with your heart, messing with what you believe about yourself. 
Yes, that's so good. So sometimes we are dealing with these faulty patterns and thinking. So we thought it would be really important for us to just dive into the scripture and unpack these verses in 1 Corinthians 7 in a way that's empowering. A lot of times when we hear uh, encouragement from other Christians who are married when we're going through our single season, it's kind of a floofy message of like, oh, I'm struggling with being single. I just want to get married. I, I know what that's like. I used to write these really bad love songs before I met Amrita. I was like, God, please, <laughs> I need a wife. You know, and I, I, I <laughs> do not steal. That is, that is copyrighted. All right. And so I, but when you're, when you're dealing with that angst and that torment, you know, you, you encounter other believers or people in your life. They're like, you know what, just, just trust God. I'm like, I'm going to punch you in the face right now. Okay. Hey, God, God has someone for you. Okay, I know, but... It's not you right now, so get out of my face. <laughs> you know, you're just like, I don't know. Can we be honest in here? Sometimes you're just sick of those Christian kind of cliche encouragement. You're like, I agree with that. It's true, but I don't want to hear it right now, all right? Let, just let me be miserable, okay? Or, or I, I like being single. I don't need to be encouraged. Like, I enjoy this. And so we want to share a few things with you from the scriptures that we think will encourage and empower us. And uh, the first thing we want to share is this. Singleness is a gift from God, and God doesn't give bad gifts. Uh, we read in the scripture in 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 8. He says, Paul the Apostle, I wish that you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift. And he's talking about your status, whether married or single. He calls it a gift. And then in verse 8, he says, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. So I want to just share briefly that these are two Greek words here. The word gift is the Greek word charis, which is like a grace gift or God's gift for you, a gift given by God. And you're like, all right, singleness is a gift. Does it come with a receipt? Uh, no, it's a good gift, all right? It's a good gift, all right? And uh, the other word here where Paul says it is good for them to be unmarried, the Greek word there is kalon, which comes from the Greek word, come on, somebody, get ready to cheer, comes from the Greek word kalos, which means beautiful, and I think is a great name for a church, kalos church, yeah. making down the beauty of Jesus in a comedy club. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? How many of you guys know what Kalos Church is all about? We're right here. <laughs> and so, uh, so Paul calls it a gift from God and something that is beautiful, or good, or noble. But many times when we hear about singleness or uh, we're trying to, as married people, comfort those who are single, we treat it like singleness is a curse, not a gift. But Singleness is a gift from God, and God does not give us bad gifts. Amen? It's not a, just a trial to be endured. It's not a curse. It's a gift. This is what the scripture says. Sometimes we treat singleness like I'm on the junior varsity team of Christianity, and once I get married, I can have a full and flourishing life. Once I get married, I can do all the things God has called me to do. Once I get married, I'll be happy. Once I get married, I can be a blessing. Once I get married, I will be happy. But no, you can have a full and flourishing right now in this gift that God has given us. There's this lady uh, who is a missionary, and they went to this country in South America, and as they preached to this nation, actually, the people there killed her husband. And her name is Elizabeth Elliot. 
Once she found out her husband was dead, she didn't let herself give in to bitterness and hatred for this people group. She actually went back to that country with her children and decided, we're going to try again to preach the gospel. And they ended up winning them for the gospel, showing them a way of love, where she could have been hateful and bitter, saying, you killed my, my husband. She said, you know what? I'm going to preach the gospel to you because I believe in the message he was trying to communicate. And she says this in her 41 years of being single after losing her husband. Having now spent more than 41 years single, I've learned that it is indeed a gift. Not one I would choose. Not one many women would choose. But we do not choose our gifts, Remember? We're given them by a divine giver who knows the end from the beginning and wants above all else to give us the gift of himself. Single life may be only a stage of life's journey, but even a stage is a gift. God may replace it with another gift, but the receiver accepts his gift with thanksgiving. The gift for this day, the life of faith is lived one day at a time, and it, it has to be lived, not always looked forward to as though the real living were around the next corner. It is today for which we are responsible. God still owns tomorrow. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? And so I just want to challenge us. Can we see singleness as a gift? Something we can be proud of. This is something God has given me. And, and even us who are married or dating or engaged and we're encouraging people who are single, let's not look down at them. Be like, hey, you have a gift and I honor that gift in you. I respect that gift in you. And let, let's be honest, for those of us who are married uh, and we have kids maybe and we see that our, our time and our money is sapped, like we're a young family we only have one kid, but uh, t we pay for nine meals every single day. <laughs> single people, you have a gift of money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a morning person. I like to sleep in, but I, I wake up in the morning, and I think, if I sleep in too long, my son is going to crap all over the bed. <laughs> Somehow he's going to poop and rip off his diaper, and he's just going to dominate that room. It's true. He's like a little tornado. He is like terrorizes the room. So uh, Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, friends, take it from a man who used to be a single man and is not. Your singleness is a gift. When you, when you want to walk out of the house in the morning, you know what you do? You just walk out. If, if we did that, we would be arrested. Because our son would smear poop on the walls and then die somehow. It's, it's a gift. It's a gift. A gift that married people, be honest, sometimes you, you wish you had that gift sometimes. You're like, I remember, you love being married. Don't get me wrong, you love having someone in your life, but sometimes you wish I could just do whatever I wanted. Cherish the gift, my friends. It is a gift from God, and God doesn't give bad gifts. Singleness is not a waiting room. It's not a trial to be endured. And it's not a chronic illness. Let's be honest. Some of you, I want to I be clear. Some of you have the gift of singleness. And uh, actually, as I look across the room, there's a clear indicator that you have this gift. Look around at this room. You can probably tell who's called to be single just by looking at them. Some of you have the gift of singleness. <laughs> I hate here this part. I hate this part. Not to be trite, but this is, how, this, is, this is how you know if you have the gift of singleness, okay? You, you want to hear this. this is, yeah, you're going to want to hear this. <laughs> if you woke up this morning 
and you are single, you have the gift of singleness, okay? It's not a chronic illness. It's not something that means you have it forever, but today is a gift. Cherish it, because there are many people who are taking advantage of the gift of singleness, and I believe that God has given you this gift, and he doesn't give bad gifts. Learn to appreciate it now while you have it, amen? Amen, that's so good. I like felt so awkward for all of you, I'm sorry. I was like, babe, do we have to do that part? You know, he's like, yeah, we do. So you know what I love about what Pastor Friedman just said is that singleness is not a waiting room. And I was really fortunate uh, in my life when I was single to sort of have people in my life that helped me understand that perspective. So I really did, I, I, I just rocked my 20s. I rocked my singleness. And I, I, what, I think the key for me was this. The key was that I had other single people in my life who had the same sort of values and worldview that I did. And so we ran around and we created memories and we traveled and we, we, we stayed home and we had good jobs and we had bad jobs and we figured out that we can't quit our bad jobs because we still got to make money. And we, then we got a better job. I mean, just things like that that I learned really because I was single and I had the opportunity. God gave me opportunities to, to make mistakes and to have to pull my bootstraps back up to figure out how I'm gonna sort of like take care of myself. And I really like felt like an empowered single person because of those moments of the, the lows in that and the highs in that. And I began to define success for my life very differently. And so this is, this is kind of our point too if you're taking notes and that's success isn't marriage, success is a devotion to Jesus. So you guys, should we gotta start changing our, like continuing, like some of us are just like, we're single all the way up until success, which is marriage. But I wanna say that there is life beyond that. There's an important life that you live that God has for you to live even, even past that. And so I wanna look at this 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32 through 35, a little bit closer, and this is what it says. I would like you to be free from concern. Paul is saying this. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim, I love this, her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. And I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. And I think that we've got to define success differently, single people. We cannot elevate marriage as the ultimate define, define moment of success in our lives and I, I, I really I really worked on that when I was single and I made sure and I think that I think I, I want to say this Jesus fulfills the longings of your heart and some of you are like well that's easy for you to say you're married but I'm telling you what for as great as this man is he does not fulfill the longings of my heart that God put inside of me he doesn't only Jesus can do that. No offense, babe. No offense. But, you know, I was so thankful. I heard a pastor say this one time when I was single uh, to a group full of uh, young adults. And I remember him saying, you know, I want you to challenge yourself, single people. If you never did get married or if you don't get married again, would you be okay? 
Like, really think about that. Would you be okay? Would you, could you find happiness and contentment and fulfillment in your life with God in your life? Would you be okay? And I really took that to heart. And I love what this scripture says. It says that an unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. And for those of you that are married, hey, guys, this is, this is even for us. Even though we're, the scripture is saying we're distracted, we still need to be devoted to the Lord. For women, it says this, a woman's aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. Live the right way. An undivided devotion to God. And uh, I decided this in my life when I was single. I decided this. I want Jesus more than I want a spouse. I made sure that I wanted that more. And sometimes I didn't feel like it. And sometimes it didn't. Sometimes I really want Like seven girls on my floor my senior year of college were engaged to be married. And those of us that weren't were like, what the heck are we going to do when graduation comes, you know? But I decided that I wanted to be more like Christ more than I wanted a spouse. I was going to be devoted to God because I knew and I believed that even with a husband, I wouldn't be fulfilled the way that God fulfills the desires of our heart. We see clearly that 50% of marriages in America are failing. Our marriages aren't fulfilling us the way that Jesus designed for us to be fulfilled by him. Have an undivided devotion to the one who fulfills the longings of your heart. And uh, I've seen so many of my friends settle. Have you ever seen your friends settle? Have you ever been a bridesmaid or a groomsman in a wedding that you really deeply inside couldn't really back? And you were like, it's the worst feeling, you guys. You're like, I want to support my best friend right now. I want to stand with her. Uh, But this is not a healthy relationship. And I'm really concerned for when they get married. And I remember I stood in the wedding of one of my very best friends back in the day. And uh, I was so concerned, but I wanted to support her, and I wanted her to know that no matter what happens, I will at least still be her friend and pray for her, and pray for her marriage. And I remember um, two weeks before they got married, she told me, she hadn't told anybody this, she told me that her uh, fiancé at the time got so angry that he shoved her into a wall. And I, I sat there, and I said, I, I beg you, do not go through with this wedding right now. And she was so deep into the finances of this wedding. She was so deep into this marriage. She thought that marriage would solve it. She thought there's no way he'll get as angry with me if, if we're married that she went through with it. And I want you to hear this. She devoted herself to an abusive relationship over a devotion to Jesus. She devoted herself to an abusive relationship over trusting and devoting her life to God. And uh, I, was so, I was so, so aware that broken people create broken couples. Broken, if you ever are familiar back in the day with the, with the movie Jerry Maguire, he talks about complete, you complete me. Listen, that is false. That is false thinking. What you, the issues that you're facing, you bringing those into marriage, they will, I promise you, they will become worse. They won't even just be where they're at right now. They will become worse. Because when you're, when you're sharing your life with someone as deeply as you do in marriage, man, they get under your skin like nobody else can. Right, babe? <laughs> Love you. And so I just want to say, I, I want to I just say, 
Be undivided in your devotion to the Lord, like the scriptures are saying. Don't get so tired of people saying, why are you still single? Don't get so tired of your mom saying, come on, would you just meet somebody? That you allow yourself to think insecurely of these toxic ways of believing about your life and yourself the way that we can. Believe that you're single for a reason. And, and Pradeepan's going to share some more about why we're single. And I pray that it's truly empowering you to live divided unto the Lord. And I'm going to share here in a little bit some practical away. So how do we be devoted to the Lord in our time of singleness? That's so good. So I, I love that whole idea that broken people, broken individuals create broken couples. And we've seen that people, I, I, especially with guys, you know, last week we talked about pornography and things like that last week. Uh, I'd recommend you check that out online with our Facebook Live or something like that. Uh, but a lot of guys I've talked to, they're like, uh, I'm struggling with an addiction to pornography. And so I, I need to get married. And then suddenly that's going to disappear. But, you know, maybe after two weeks into marriage are like, Pastor Pradeepa, I'm still struggling with this. It's because you take whatever you're dealing with right now into marriage. Marriage is not a magic bullet. Ma marriage does not solve all of your problems. Uh, marriage does not bring you hope and healing. Jesus does that. And so broken people create broken couples. And so it's so good for us to focus on a devotion to Jesus. Amen. So third thing that we want to share is that your singleness, your singleness is a gift to the world. So God has given you the gift of singleness, and we know that God doesn't give bad gifts, but this gift isn't just a gift for yourself to hoard for yourself. It's not just a gift to keep all alone. It's a gift to share with the world. And some of you are like, yeah, I wish I could share my gift of singleness with the world. No, that's not what I mean. All right, your singleness is a gift to share with the world, to make the world a better place, to advance the kingdom of God, to be concerned with the Lord's affairs. You know, we've talked a couple times in this church about a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who's a theologian and an activist in the times of Hitler, and he really fought the Nazi regime. And he was a Bible teacher, a pastor. At one point, he got to be in America and was not in threat of death, but he thought, how can I be safe and sound here when the people in my church could die at any moment? So he actually went back to Germany, and he was actually hung for his faith and standing for the true gospel and not this nationalistic, watered-down, corrupted gospel. And uh, he wanted to recruit an army of theologians and pastors to really fight the tide of this false gospel that was being preached. And the main criteria, one of the main criteria he had for recruiting people was this. In order for you to be part of this group that's going to preach the true gospel to advance the kingdom of God, you have to be single. You have to be single because like the scripture says, you will not be divided in focus. You won't be afraid of dying. You're not going to worry like, hey, are they going to kill my family if I stand up for truth? You will have time. You will have this focus like the scripture says, so I'm recruiting single people. And uh, I just believe that singleness, we kind of view it like we said as this junior varsity team, as a disadvantage, but your singleness is an advantage to make known the beauty of Jesus in all of the world, to advance the kingdom of God. And single people, I want to encourage you in that, to be empowered, to say, hey, you have a gift and the world needs what's inside of you. Your talents, your treasure, your commitment, the Jesus that you know, the way that you're able to communicate and give your lives, that 
that is a gift that the world desperately needs. And there's so many people throughout history who have leveraged their singleness, the season of singleness for the kingdom of God. Hello, Jesus, guess what? He was single when he was on earth. <laughs> he was single, and I, I think Jesus had a fulfilled and full life, amen? I believe that Jesus was able to use that to leverage it for the kingdom of God. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot, that lady we just read about, she was single for 41 years and was able to do some pretty risky and dangerous work because she wasn't concerned about her family, she says, in that book called Let Me Be a Woman. Really powerful book. Really recommend it. And uh, uh, there's advantages. You know, there's this uh, man named C.S. Lewis. He wrote Chronicles of Narnia and a lot of books. He wrote most of his books while he was single. And he was able to focus his time, talent, and treasure in that season of life. There's this lady. Her name is Katie. She wrote a book called Kisses from Katie. When she was 18 years old, she went on a trip to Uganda that was supposed to be months but ended up being years because she saw a group of children that had no family, had no mother, had no father, and her heart was stirred. And she said, Lord, someone needs to do something. And she didn't say, oh, I'll do something once I get married. I'll do something once I have a man in my life. She said, Jesus, you've called me to do something amazing, to show the love of God right here, right now in a tangible way. And she realized she couldn't take these kids out of Uganda back to America. So she said, you know what? I was going to go to college. I was going to live maybe the American dream, but I've been called to be single. There's a reason I'm single. And so I'm going to move to Uganda, and I'm going to be a full-time mom as my calling to these kids. And she is now blessed. Hundreds of kids. She started this big organization, but now she's a full-time mom to like 14 plus children, and she loves them with the love of God. Don't tell me that being single is just something less than the married people. Don't tell me it's part of being uh, the junior varsity team. God has called you to be single for a reason. It is a gift, not just for yourself, but for the world. And a side note, Adam did not get an Eve until he was fulfilling his mission. Read it. It's in the book of Genesis. As you pursue your purpose, as you pursue your calling, as you advance the kingdom of God, if you're called to get married, that's when it's going to really happen. Don't wait to live the calling of God on your life until you get married. Live it right now because the world needs the gift inside of you. Amen? The world needs what you have to offer. And I just want to challenge you. Will you leverage your season of singleness? Will you leverage the gift of singleness in your life for the kingdom of God. Not just to serve yourself. I'm just going to live for me. I'm just going to focus on me. I'm just going to sow my wild oats. <laughs> I'm going to leverage the season of singleness to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Do you believe it? Yeah. Do you believe you have a gift? Do you believe that you have a value? I pray that Kalos Church has more single people. Man, I pray that the kingdom of God has more single people because you are not mediocre. You're not someone to just endure through the season until you level up and get something better. God has a calling and a destiny on your life right now, and it's beautiful, and it's a gift from God. I celebrate your singleness. There is a reason you are single. Amen? Amen. Amen. So good. It's so good. Our, our prayer as we were preparing is that um, you would be encouraged 
today. You would be encouraged. And we want to make this really practical for you this morning. So if you're single and if you're married, I have something practical for those of you that are married to help out our incredible single folks. And so here's one of the first practical things you can do. One, ask God, why are you single right now? If singleness, if you're single for a reason to focus, to give an undivided focus to the Lord, maybe to impact the world, whatever that is, why is that? You know that you can ask God why? I believe that if you take time, maybe tonight before you go to bed, you say, God, why am I single right now? Life did not go according to plan. I was supposed to be married to that guy forever. And we're not married anymore. Like, what, what is, what, why am I single now, God? And I want you to ask him, and I believe that an idea or a thought or a scripture or something could, will come to your mind. I believe that God can be in that conversation with you. So ask him. And then the second thing I want, I want to encourage you is this, this the devotion to the Lord. How do I do that? Well, I want you to think about what you've devoted yourself to right now. Have you devoted yourself to just working and working? Well, I don't have anybody, so I'm just going to work and work and work and work. Is that what you're devoting yourself to right now? Have you devoted yourself to to just things. I need more things in my house or my apartment or whatever I just need. What are you devoting yourself to? You know, I, I encourage you single people to get around some other single people who love God, who love God, and will we'll, together you can pursue an undivided devotion to God. Make some memories with some other single people. You know, some of you single people, all your best friends are married. And you just feel like crap all the time. You know, I just encourage you, get with some, get, you can have married best friends. I really love having single best friends. But I just want to say, you got to have some single friends in your life who love God and who are going to be with you in this journey. And one of the things that a couple of my friends said, you guys, they, they shared with us, they were like, I, I put on my social media, I was like, we're preaching about the single life this week. And some of them were like, okay, do not say this. Definitely say this. We need some advice on this, you know. And one of the things that they said was, one of my friends just said, uh, tell the married people how to treat us. Tell the married people how to, how to talk to us, you know. So here's just what I say about this. Married people, don't always be setting your single friends up. Okay, with like bad people, you know? Like I think sometimes it's okay, but don't always be like pushing them to get married. Married people, listen, encourage your single friends. And if you see some things that they're doing that, that look a little toxic or they're engaging in a relationship that whatever, you know what I mean? Like talk to them, like real human people who have a purpose, like what Pretty Even said. And, and encourage them in what, what are you doing with your singleness right now? Are you just living for yourself? Married people, we have an opportunity to come together with our single friends and our single family members and encourage and love them and help them see that there is a reason for being single. So those are some practical advice for those of you that are single. Make some memories. Get around some other single people that love God and ask yourself tonight. Ask God tonight. Ask God tonight. Why am I single? What do you have for me in this season of singleness? That's so good. And band, you guys can come up. Uh, so singleness is a gift, and those are some practical tips. Also, hey, if you're a married couple, invite your single friends out for a dinner, Thanksgiving, things like that. Uh, just super practical. Uh, the single life is a gift, and it's a gift that needs to be stewarded. It's a gift that you don't just wait for this gift to be gone, because you're going to be held accountable by God 
What did you do with this gift that I gave you? How did you serve the world in the season of singleness? Because the world desperately needs what you have to offer. Amen. You know, uh, there's this lady who, who never got married, and she actually, at one time in her life, she was engaged, but she decided she was going to be a missionary to India, and she was going to serve as a nurse. And as she was this white woman in India, people just naturally assumed that she would take care of their children. Children. So there are children being dropped at her doorstep regularly, and she was just a single woman who said, Lord, I, I want to be a blessing to this nation I feel like you've called me to. I, I, I didn't get married. I didn't get engaged. I, I broke off my engagement, but I, I want to be used by you right now, not just in some distant time, future, some, uh, you know, far off distance. I want to be used by you, God, now. And uh, people would drop her off these babies, and she would raise them. And eventually, she placed over 100 children in Christian-loving families across the world. And she leveraged her season of singleness, which was a lifetime season, for the kingdom of God. And, and one time, someone actually dropped off a kid at her doorstep, and, and this child was still, still wet, freshly born. This child still had an umbilical cord attached. And she loved this child and helped this child get placed into a loving Christian family in Kansas. And I'm so glad she did it because that, that baby is my wife here, Amrita. And uh, yeah, it's just, she's amazing. I, and I just want to say she's like one of my personal heroes because she didn't wait to, to get married to say, God, use me. And she didn't even need to get married to be a spiritual mother to hundreds of children across the world right now. And God used her in an amazing way. And she said, God, you've given me this gift. How can I bless the world with it? And I, I just want to encourage you singles, you, you have a gift, a beautiful gift from God. Would you use it for God? Would you use it for this world? Would you leverage this season to make known the beauty of Jesus? Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for this message out of 1 Corinthians. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to steward the season. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as married people to help uh, bless this entire church, that we would help our single friends and family, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, Lord, we just surrender our marriages to you, our relationships to you. Lord, we're thankful that we can end this series on relationships, that we wouldn't have to be bad at love because, Lord, you are so good at love. And so right now, we just surrender. If you're saying, Lord, I just want to surrender my, my, my relationship status, my marriage, my singleness. Lord, I just surrender to you. I believe that you have good plans for you. If that's you in this place, just, just, uh, just lift up your hands to the Lord and just say, Lord, I surrender to you. Lord, I surrender for your plan for my marriage. I surrender for your plan for my singleness. I surrender for your, your dating plans for me. I surrender to your engaged plans, Lord. Let your will be done in my relationship status. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I'll pray. And I just want to say there's hope for your marriage. There's hope for your dating. There's hope for your singleness. There's hope for your engagement. And, and the Lord is good at love, and he has it under control. He has a beautiful gift for you, a beautiful plan for you. So be encouraged this morning. You know, and, and before we, we end and dismiss the service, I just want to say that there are people here in this room and uh, you're in this environment where we're singing out Jesus and we're saying, Jesus, we surrender to you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, thank you for loving me. But you're right now, you're saying, I, I've never received that love of Jesus. I've never asked 
God to be the God of my life. I've never surrendered to him. And I just want to say the best decision we've ever made in our lives is saying, Jesus, I surrender to you. Would you be the leader of my life? Would you forgive me? I need forgiveness. I don't, walk on, I don't want to walk around in darkness anymore. And there are people here, you're walking in darkness and you need hope. You need Jesus. I just want to say, if that's you, would you give your life to Jesus this morning? Would you make the best decision you've ever made and say, Jesus, I surrender to you? And so I want to lead us all in a prayer for those of us who are saying, Jesus, I want to make that my prayer, that I would surrender to you. So let's close our eyes and bow our heads. But if you're in this place, in this private moment between you and God, if you're saying, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive a fresh start from Jesus. I want to receive hope and life and life abundantly. I'm sick of walking in death and darkness, but I want to receive this hope. If that's you in this place and you're saying, Jesus, I surrender to you, on the count of three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Raise your hand boldly so I can pray for you. You're saying, Pastor Pradeep, and pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. That's awesome. I see hands up in this place. It's beautiful. You can put your hands down. Hey, I'm so proud of you for praying that prayer. And uh, I want to guide us in a prayer right now. And uh, I'm going to put some words up on the screen. And this isn't a magic spell, but something to maybe articulate what's going on in our heart. So let's all pray this together, can we, church? So let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? That's awesome.